True Connections is a journey within to discover that you are part of everything. Life can often feel disjointed, but you and I are actually connected to one another, to nature, to animals, and many other ways like your thoughts, intentions, dreams, even your imagination. It's my desire to bring spiritual insight to these true connections so that you can get into the flow of life, receive the things that you want without struggle, and enjoy a more constant level of happiness. I am Weston Jolly, your host. The big lie you don't want anyone to know about. Face it, (laughs) everybody lies. Most scholars agree that we learn to lie between the ages of two and four years old. Pretty early, right? Discover today what the big lie really means, how it affects you in every moment of your life. In this podcast, I'm going to share exactly what the big lie is, and even more importantly, what's behind it. Even worse, or better from your perspective, is why do we lie? What are we protecting? So what is the big lie? The actual concept of the big lie comes from politics. If you're a history buff, then you know the big lie comes from the person who wrote the book, Mein Kampf. Yeah, that's Adolf Hitler. And it is true that the last U.S. president, you know, the one who lost the election, is still using this same principle created by Hitler, which is, the audacity to distort the truth so infamously. This is plainly seen in the fact that he didn't lose the election because he didn't have enough votes. No, instead he lost the election due to electoral election fraud. So is this the big lie that I want to talk about? No, (laughs) it's even better. In German, the big lie is translated as Grosse Lüge, which reads like, in English, Gross Lüge. I'm saying that because I want you to picture it. Yeah, when you hear the phrase big lie, I want you to hear gross loogie. (laughs) Seriously. So what is the big lie? Before I tell you, let me tell you that all lies are covering something up. Did you know that many liars actually unconsciously go to put their hands around their mouth, covering their mouth before they're talking? Because they have something to cover up. It's kind of surprising to have that kind of tell, but it's true. So when you're lying, you're actually trying to cover something up. And of course, the bigger the lie, the bigger the cover-up. And to be clear, politics isn't the only place that we find liars. So when you think big lie, you should be again thinking gross loogie hanging from a big cover-up. Here's a great example given to us by a mother. She said, My kids, in a last-minute desperate attempt, tried to convince me that the dentist was actually located in Toys R Us. <laughs> I think that's a perfect big lie. This is actually a perfect transition because we don't want to get connected any longer to the big lie coming from Hitler and politics. I should say right here and right now that everyone... doesn't think that they lie. So I have to insert some truth. Did you know that in a typical 10-minute conversation that 60% of us lie? (laughs) It's 
quite a bit, isn't it? So again, what are we protecting? If you go further, it's not really hard to spot a liar, but it can be difficult if we're not using our intuition or we're not tuned in. Oftentimes, we do not call out liars or lies because we don't want to be seen in a bad light or being seen as being suspicious of somebody. And guess what? Good liars, especially narcissists, take advantage of that and you. But is this what we're really here to talk about, the big lie? Nope. <laughs> it isn't. I just wanted to really get your attention because the big lie is what's keeping you dramatically in tune. And it's certainly true today. But there's something behind the big lie. And that is this. And this is the truth. You're in resistance. This is why and what you're protecting. Like lying, you are constantly in resistance. I know, I know. You probably don't even think that that's true, but that's fine. Hear me out. Because of your choice to be in resistance, you're also in pain or suffering. And of course, by definition, you're out of the flow. Worse, and a lot like lying, you may not even know that you're in resistance, meaning it has the same kind of parallel of us lying. I think it's important to really, really drink this in, that the big lie that is the thing that you're hiding is in fact your resistance. This is what I want to talk about. The first thing you may say or start to think is, I'm not resistance. And if you've already had that thought, then <laughs> you've already proved my point. And next you may say, what am I resistance to? Or what what things do I resist? Or um, And I'd actually tell you just about everything. Let's really muscle into the truth about the big lie and this thing that's hidden behind the big lie dramatically, which is, of course, our choice to be in resistance, that we continue to tell ourselves that we're not in resistance, but we are. You remember just a moment ago I was re referencing the big lie and its origins from Adolf Hitler coming from his book Mein Kampf. And if you speak German, then are you aware of what Mein Kampf means? Meaning the name of Hitler's book. It actually means in English, my struggle or my fight. You should think about that. The actual person authoring the big lie concept perfectly entitled his book called My Struggle. We could say it another way. Suffering, pain. That's was the basis of this big lie that he was hiding. And, of course, he's in complete and utter resistance. In the same way that a previous president is in complete and utter denial, resistance to the very thing that's true. He's no longer in office. When you're in resistance, you're struggling. Worse, you're in pain and suffering. You may be asking how and where you are in resistance. It's a fair question. Let me give you some direct examples some things that will actually be hard to ignore. After September 11th, where the towers were struck, everyone in the United States wanted things to go back to normal. If you were used to traveling by air, the changes related to getting on a plane changed forever. This is a state of resistance, that we are seeing something, we have an event, we don't like the event, 
and we resist the event, and then, of course, we want things to go back to the way they were. And, of course, they're never going to go back to the way they were. Another example. It's currently true that more people have died from COVID-19 than the Spanish flu of 1918. And there are people right now who are continuing to deny that the virus or the pandemic, COVID-19, is actually real. They think of it as a attribute of politics because of this big lie, which is, of course, something that is a gross lugue. Remember, lugi that's hanging or hiding. And, of course, we know that to be what we're talking about, the real essence of what we're talking about, which is resistance. And we can't go forward ever if we're in a state of resistance. I want to make a comment for those of you who don't know that I've been discussing the pandemic COVID-19 and its meaning from a spiritual perspective almost from the very start in a series of conferences, free conferences that I offer monthly, which is 60 Minutes of Truth in Uncertain Times with me, Weston Jolly. To get more information, just Google 60 Minutes of Truth with Weston Jolly you're actually going to see instructions on how to join the next teleconference. Plus, on this very same page, you can listen to almost every teleconference that we've had. It's something that you may want to check out in offering what's really behind the pandemic. Let's continue going forward about your choice, our choice, to be in a state of resistance so that we can become aware and make a change. Every minute, that you don't accept the current moment for what it is, then you are showing yourself the exact amount of resistance that you are exerting. This is measured in the heaviness that you feel in being frustrated, anxious, worn out, angry, or even in rage for all that you are suffering. That's a really, really key sentence. This means that wherever you are focusing your energy, consciously or not, In a resistant state of mind, you're actually contributing and creating all the difficulties that you're presently incurring. This brings us to, of course, the biggest example in terms of resistance. That is, in the business world, the resistance that people have to change is enormous, so much so that it consumes uh, hundreds, if not well, thousands of hours to try and help people understand why things need to change because they get locked in the idea that they shouldn't change. And, of course, what is that? Again, a state of resistance. So when I say that we're all in a state of resistance, it's true physically. It's true spiritually to a great degree. And this is something we want to change, right? Meaning if we want to change, if we want to get into the flow. Let me go on to offer some other pragmatic examples of how we resist If you're poor, you're actually, in fact, resisting wealth. That's quite a statement. I could easily be offending people that perceive themselves as poor. But if you really want to get some more information about not being poor, or better stated, not being in a state of resistance to wealth, then please read my book, Time to Be Rich. It's very inexpensive. It's on my website, westonjolly.com. If you didn't get anything more than just reading the appendix of the book, I literally list all the current ways that you're creating resistance to the very thing that you want, which is, in that case, wealth. If you really get in touch with the book, of course, it's much bigger than just about wealth. Let's continue going forward. In the banking system, there is a continuous...
continued resistance to cryptocurrencies. Why? Because the banking industry as a whole internationally can't control it. And that's a problem, meaning as they perceive it. They don't want to have this new technology or this new exchange to taking place. So therefore, they're creating all the resistance that's legally as well. And of course, that's even how they would go to brand it, that this is somehow only cryptocurrencies, only for the um, the dark side of individuals' eyes, and we would use that to buy and sell drugs, which of course is not true. If we go into another pragmatic example, the whole automotive industry has been resistant to electric cars. Have you ever wondered why um, Tesla doesn't have any car dealerships? Meaning, why can't you run down and uh, test drive a Tesla the same way that you would test drive a Ford, even a Ferrari? (laughs) Uh, But you can't drive a Tesla that way. There's a reason. Because the whole industry, that is the whole automotive industry, got together and created a great deal of resistance to this new technology, which wasn't new because, again, if you look at the, the history, Chevy was actually promoting the electric car for a while. But Tesla was doing it in a completely different way. And became a threat because of that perceived threat. Again, there was a desire to create resistance. And that's still in place as we speak. Interesting, right? We're talking about pragmatic examples of how we create resistance. If we aren't present, that is, we put all of our attention on the future or the past, then we don't have to be accountable for what we've created. This is, again, a state of resistance. This one is easy as everyone wants to claim what we've done right, meaning, yeah, I did this right and uh, oh, I won uh, this spelling bee or, um, you know, that we all wanted to see those kinds of um, recognitions and we want to tell everybody. But we don't seem to see that on the opposite end of the way. We don't run around telling everyone that we didn't spell the word properly in the spelling bee. And we create all kinds of resistance to be accountable (laughs) for the very thing that we're participating in. Like I had a flu or I wasn't feeling good. I wasn't playing uh, as good as I normally play the game of tennis or whatever it is that would be um, that excuse or that point of resistance for me being accountable for what I actually created. The entire world is in a state and has been, not just for a couple months, not for just a couple years, but years and years, about climate change. I recently posted something on social media that was a wonderful picture of a seahorse attached or connected with his tail to someone who had thrown out a surgical mask, you know, the kind that most of us are using to prevent ourselves from the spreading of the virus, the COVID-19 virus. But my question is, why is it that nature should also suffer because of our resistance. Do you remember the documentary Blackfish? SeaWorld, you know, which is a huge corporation, denied that keeping wells in captivity was killing the mammals. In fact, it was uh, not just a big deal, it was a huge deal because, of course, the whales were a predominant uh, attraction. In the same way, if you go back in time, that elephants were in the Ringling Brothers Circus. And this documentary came out, Blackfish, which was, of course, extremely unpopular to that aspect of the entertainment world, SeaWorld in particular. And guess what? 
there was a lot of resistance that we don't want our our whales to be seen in the idea that we're killing them. <laughs> Nobody wants to have that, and especially when it relates to children coming to see these whales. And yet, guess what? You don't see those whales in SeaWorld anymore because of the documentary. There was resistance initially that we did something wrong. The oil spill, Deepwater Horizon, there was resistance that that oil spill was significant the way that it was. But it was, hugely. Another example of pragmatic resistance is when a writer or anybody in the creative field won't express themselves or write in fear that they may not be approved of. We see that with journalists. And they're not necessarily trying to write creatively. I would hope not anyway, <laughs> that they're interested in offering us the facts or that's the way it used to be reported. So why are these states of resistance so popular? Again, why is it that we even biologically um, learn or somehow develop this attribute of lying so early? There is a part of us that is in resistance and has always been a resistance. And yet, if we don't recognize that within ourselves, then we're going to be forever stuck. And I say stuck in terms of dormant. And if we say really stuck, that means not awake. And, of course, if you're not awake, then you can't go forward by any means. You don't even know that you're not awake. And, of course, that means that you lend yourself to the ears of things that would be audacious lies. And whether they're from the political world or otherwise. But giving yourself the opportunity to step away from resistance is by first acknowledging that you and I both do it, not just a little bit, but all the time. And be candid about that. If we're in a state of resistance, then we want to feel it. <sighs> okay, I can feel my re resistance to the idea that someone's asking me to do something on a set, a television set, or in the work environment, or in my personal relationship. Or maybe even a driving habit. <laughs> I've seen people ride the brakes of their car because they're trying to protect themselves all the time by having that left foot on the brake with an automatic just in case, right? And you can see it behind them where you always see those, those red lights popping on and you can't quite figure out what's going on and they're riding the brake. They're in a state of resistance. They're stopping the flow from going forward. So if this is you, and not just because you drive like that, because most of us don't, but we want to see that the state of resistance isn't allowing you to become aware, literally. That, that, that's something you should really feel because in the very beginning for myself, when I became aware, I was in a huge state of resistance from the get-go. Of course, this is all trained. This is all part of my biological being, and it is yours as well. And yet we want to honor that and at the same time not necessarily accept it as reality. That's the challenge. That's the change that we get to make in this moment. If we give ourselves permission to really see that we don't have to be in state of resistance, that you can hear, that you can see, that you can feel, and that you can integrate as one within yourself and the divine and the universe and all that there is, if you're not resistant. Another way of saying it, and said in different philosophies, where someone's not attached. And that's, that's not easy. Let me give you another example. If I have made reservations to go into a very nice restaurant and I'm very excited to have my table, meaning the table that I want, that I reserved, and I get there and suddenly that table isn't made available to me, it would be to some degree natural, right, that I might have a form of resistance to the very thing that I asked. Seinfeld did this years ago when he spoke on, um, as a stand-up comic, going to a rental car reservation saying that he had reserved a car only find out that the car wasn't available. 
And of course, there's resistance. Sure, you must have a car. And it's funny, but it's not funny because he's still refusing to believe that the reservation that he made uh, didn't work or didn't take. And we see that in every aspect of our lives. I'm being pragmatic with some of these examples because I want us to see how we do create resistance in our lives. But it becomes even more shadowy or even gray when we don't see the kinds of resistance that we create spiritually. And that's really the essence of what I want to share. Otherwise, we're, again, behind or part of this concept, which is the big lie, which creates, again, the title of the book, again, my struggle. And I'm just here offering you the idea that, well, I don't want to struggle anymore. That's me. And perhaps that's you as well. And we don't have to struggle anymore if we're not resistant. So how can we get into the flow? Well, that's easier than you think. First, we have to see if we're feeling resistance to anything. That would be a change in the tax code. That would be a change in a relationship. That would be a change the way we feel, the way that we uh, want to engage in society. And when those things happen, instead of resisting that feeling or that thought, we want to be open to the flow. Now, not all things in terms of all changes are necessarily to our benefit. And we should know that. And we do. And we don't have to be in resistance to, in, in resistance to that as much as we just want to feel that and says, okay, that's not necessarily the perfected flow. So maybe even cars, meaning electric cars, aren't necessarily their solution. Maybe that's a transition to going to a real solution in the same way that we've seen transitions in other technologies where we had the uh, LP record, you know, the disc, the vinyl disc that became mobile when we had a, a – a tape, and that was an eight-track tape, and then that became an audio tape. And then later, that became a CD, and then, of course, we have it now as a digital file. And all of that is transition in a linear way to a technology. So if we're in the midst of a technology change that isn't necessarily, shall we say, the solution, the, the solution yet, fine. But we don't have to be in resistance to it because oftentimes these these steps take us to the next step. And we want to... Uh, Honor that. Now, it's, it's sometimes not easy to see that, meaning to know that we're in the midst of something that's not necessarily uh, where we want to be. And for those of us who are aware, that's oftentimes the, the case. But we don't want to fight that as much as to appreciate, okay, we're in process to something that we're ultimately going to get to. If we're going to make the changes in our world from a climate perspective, then we can't wait until 2075. Or, you know, 2300 based upon the economy of anything. We can't. That's just ridiculous. We have to accept that we are accountable. How could we not? For everything that we've been co-creating. And if we're at one with all things, which we are, then we don't want to be in resistance to the very thing that we are in terms of connected to all things. Which means I need to be accountable for those things I'm creating, wonderfully, and those things that are contributed maybe as pollution. Not maybe as, but truly as pollution. And, of course, if we know anything about that, that the majority of that change comes down to how we eat, meaning most people are really uh, adhered to the idea that we need to uh, have these substances called protein and the idea that if we don't have protein, that somehow we're going to die. And, of course, if you see that, that's literally something that's been branded in our minds in the same way that once upon a time milk was, that we need to have eight glasses of milk. And we're resistant to the idea that we need to move away from eight glasses of milk. And that's where I grew up. And I also grew up in a household that will had meat excessively. And yet these things affect our bodies. It affects how we perceive. 
I'm speaking of spiritually perceived, and actually infects our environment. Meaning, <laughs> the biggest change that we can make to a carbon-neutral world is how we eat. And that's not that hard. Especially from the more wealthier established nations. So if we give ourselves permission to go into that, instead of thinking that something's being taken away from us, then we actually allow the environment to do what we've seen during the pandemic, where we suddenly gave it a break. I'm talking about the environment, the animal kingdom, where suddenly there was animals moving into the cities because, well, we weren't visiting them, um, you know, like our own set of herds in terms of driving into uh, Yellowstone Park in our cars, trying to look at buffaloes. When we realize that to be a, a part of everything, we really need to honor that outside of a state of resistance. And if we do so, then we enable ourselves to empowerment. And that's what we get by removing any state of resistance. This isn't an easy thing to do initially, meaning oftentimes we have a lot of patterns that um, deny or even wanting to be involved in anything that would be opening up, especially when we have been um, fervent inner desire to be in a state of resistance. And oftentimes, again, we don't even know that we are. But, you know, maybe the going to the dentist <laughs> isn't the same as going to uh, Toys R Us, and I say that lovingly, meaning we don't have to be in a state of resistance. We don't need to create a big lie within ourselves. And again, forget the politics and forget where the concept even came from. Just stay with me in realizing that you, as in personally, don't need to be stuck any longer by your choice to be in resistance. So if you're willing to even give this consideration, give it up. <sighs> Consider this affirmation. I'm no longer resistant to the very being that I am. See where that affirmation takes you. See what happens in letting go of resistance. This is my message. Something I want to offer you today, that letting go of the big lie, that which you've been hiding, protecting, which is the idea that you are in resistance, that's, that's the issue. Let go of your resistance, allow yourself to accept and be in a state of gratitude, connected and with one another. As we all are in transition to something because we choose to do something greater in service of one another, collectively and of course individually too. It's a beautiful thing to realize that we can offer one another love without being in resistance. I should comment on that <laughs> because most people want love. The most important thing that they can ever put their hands on in terms of wanting to create something in this realm to be loved or to be a part of something that's loving. And yet I can't tell you how many times that I've seen it from my perspective and offering the many sessions that I have and continue to do so where people literally put up a wall that they create that state of uh, resistance to the very thing that they want. Feel it. If there's any part of resistance within you, observe it. Go back to the affirmation. Hear it. I'm no longer resistant to the very being that I am. There's no part of you that needs to be in resistance as you go forward because in this connected state, it will enable you to have what you want in the flow, being present, no longer attached to the past or to the future. This is that message.
For us to make true connections, we have to engage. I really want to hear your comments, so please leave a review at westonjolly.com forward slash review, or go to iTunes and give me your thoughts there. This helps our connection, and it's a tremendous help to others, too. Everything we do is designed to offer you a deeper spiritual connection within. You can also make a personal appointment with me, Weston Jolly, right now by going to westonjolly.com. Also, check out my current events, books, and other products. Also, my free newsletter. Thank you for joining me, Weston Jolly, for my podcast, True Connections.